0: Welcome, Dr. James Beckett. Sports Card Insights here with Pepper Hastings. Uh, this is an unusual episode. Not a lot of card information. Although, uh, in 2001, we did a uh, magazine about golf cards with uh, in in uh, conjunction and in cooperation with Upper Deck. And this uh, promotion was not part of that, but it was probably it probably came from that. So, uh, an amazing day that uh, Pepper uh, spent. And he's going to share some of the inside scoop on that. Uh, Thanks sponsors, uh, not just uh, Upper Deck, (laughs) uh, but also Panini and Tops, Heritage Auctions, Huggins & Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, CompC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So this was an amazing day. He is not exaggerating. This actually happened. And uh, I'm happy for him, even though it could have been me, (laughs) or it could have been you if you'd have bought a bunch of packs of... uh, of uh, 2002 upper deck golf back in the day. So thanks everybody. Hope you enjoy the story as I did. Pepper Hastings with me again. and Pepper's going to uh, talk about the circumstances around an event that originally I think had my name on it. When the invitation came in, I thought, I think this is a perk for Pepper. And it turned out to be a bigger perk than I thought (laughs) relative to the time. I'm able to delightfully tell the same story, Pepper. But today we're going to get to hear it from your perspective of your day with Tiger, the Tiger. This was 20, 20, not quite 20 years ago, right?
1: Yeah, it was October of 2002.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, tell us the story, Pepper. Eager to hear some details that I either don't remember or didn't know at the time, but I know you had a great time and maybe Tiger was in a different place in his life at that time as well. Yeah,
1: Jim, it's great to be on the podcast again. One of the greatest sports card promotions ever actually carried out. What it was, was four guys got a win, a chance to play a round of golf with Tiger Woods in 2002. Tiger had already won eight major championships in his first six years as a professional when he showed up in Islesworth Country Club in Orlando that day in October 2002. When these four collectors teed off with Tiger, they were teeing off with the current Masters and current U.S. Open champion. Only 18 months earlier, he had just completed the Tiger Slam. He was probably at the top of of his popularity and probably the top of his game is not an overstatement at all. I thought we started our
0: magazine in 2001, the golf magazine that we did.
1: Yeah, we did.
0: but It It was like a quasi-licensed product with upper deck. Correct. Had Tiger on the cover.
1: Had Tiger on the cover of the first one. But by the time we'd already done six issues, we had a good relationship with Upper Deck. And so the reason a whole lot of people don't know about the details of it is because there were only two magazines invited to come. They didn't want this to be a circus. They invited Sports and Beckett Golf. So there were two writers there. There was an Upper Deck photographer. And there was some upper deck staff and then there's some Islesworth staff that rode around. So it looked like there was about 20 carts on the course, but each one only had one person in it. Everybody was hanging back and watching these guys play. In the 2002 upper deck golf in the packs, they placed two random winner cards. Okay. You pull the card, you're in the foursome. And there was two instant win cards. And every pack had a registration card where you could enter the sweepstakes to win. And you can mail in as many of those as you wanted. I think there was an online form you could fill out as well. Of course, what we knew would happen, happened. The guy, whoever pulled one of the instant win cards immediately put it on eBay and it started rolling from there. And that's how Jim Felt, the CEO of Toys R Us, got to play that day. Upper Deck went out and anonymously bought back one of the uh, instant win cards from an Omaha man for about $35,000 and gave it to Jim Felt, the CEO of Toys R Us, who was probably Upper Deck's largest customer at the time. The interesting part about the players in this was that they were all very different. You had Jim Felt, who you know lived in a mansion in Cape Cod. On the other end of the scale, you had a guy by the name of Dale Lee, who was 53 at the time. He was a part-time card dealer in Hamilton, Ohio, and he spent $500 on up 24 boxes of Upper Deck golf cards and sent in a hundred sweepstakes cards. His wife filled out for him. He won one of the random winners. A true collector. That's the kind of guy they wanted four of to play that day. That was their intent. Now we had Greg Nichols, who was a 37 year old canine cop from Pennsylvania. He too sent in sweepstakes cards, and he too got lucky and won. And then the fourth guy in the foursome was a guy by the name of Michael Pecoraro. He was 34, and he was the vice president of a, a family business. His cousin. Pulled an instant win card out of a pack, but he couldn't play for whatever reason. And he gave it to his cousin in exchange for for a dinner, a free dinner. So you've got a dealer, a cop, a CEO, and a private businessman all show up at Islesworth, Orlando, all paid to fly in by upper deck. They're allowed to bring one guest. With them, wife for Dale Lee's case, he brought his brother and Greg brought his wife and, and they got put them up in the Peabody Hotel where the ducks walk across and that's where they were. So that's the, that's four guys. And then you got Tiger. And then Tiger.
0: And then you got you and the SI.com guy.
1: Yeah. Then you had Richard McWilliam. Who was you know, right. president of upper deck, yeah. Was, uh, yeah. You had Mary Mansara, who was the marketing person there. You had Larry Jordan, who was, yes, that Jordan, Brother, yeah. he was there. And then it looked like Upper Deck had hired a, a, a production crew or like a sound and camera crew to follow him around with some boom mics to preserve it for um posterity in case they ever wanted to use the content for any other things. And then there was a couple guys from Islesworth, a couple of course management guys from the clubhouse that knew Tiger very well. Tiger bought a house. In Islesworth in 1995, as soon as he turned pro and becomes instant neighbors with Marco Mira and they become good friends. He's got a membership there at Islesworth. You're talking about a hundred thousand dollar initiation fee to play there. And you've got a dealer, a cop. These guys are out there ready to roll. So So they
0: they go to the driving range?
1: Yeah, they closed the course for the morning. It started early in the morning. Weather's perfect. Those guys all went out to the driving range and were hitting balls and standing around looking at each other like, what happens now? And Tiger (laughs) rolls up in his own cart, has six speakers. The basket behind the driver's seat is filled with just junk like shoes and socks and head covers and different stuff that he probably carried out to the course every day. And he drives up and it just hit me so ironic. He drives up and gets out and walks over to the guys and says, I'm Tiger Woods, (laughs) as if he needed any introduction. You know, these guys look like they're about, you know, to fall over because it's really happening at this point. I'm about to fall over because I can't believe it's really happening at this point because this guy, he was the coolest guy going. He was there with these guys that won an upper deck contest and it was unbelievable. He didn't hit any balls. He didn't need to, but he said, what's the game to Mary? What's the game? And she goes, I don't know. I don't, She might not have been a golfer. <clears throat> and I said, why don't you guys play scramble against him? He hits from the back tees. You guys hit from up there. And they said, fine. Seems like a reasonable suggestion, correct? <laughs> so they played a scramble game against Tiger. And he hit from the back tees and smoked him on drives all day long. Unbelievable. So the first nine holes, they played completely by themselves. And then the next nine, they let me and the other rider go out with them. And we, we went to back nine. And then they let all of their guests, wives, etc., congregated around the 18th hole. When they got back to the 18th hole, Tiger got out and graciously signed anything they wanted to get signed. They were, you know, given a a collectibles book commemorating the event. Tiger that day was the perfect golf partner. When I say that, Jim, what I mean is he sanded divots. He tended the flag for the other guys. He always stayed around until everybody was done putting. He never offered playing advice unless somebody asked him. He complimented good shots. He razzed them a little bit for short shots, but he was just like a regular guy out there. And by the time it was over, Tiger was still Tiger, but these four guys really felt like that they had been just in and outing at Tiger's house. Yeah, but he's 26 years old. Something like that. He's Pro- yeah. he about 25, 26. Correct. Um, I asked him after the round, what's the course record out here? And he goes 59. I said, who who said it? He goes, I did. <laughs> Fell into that one. He told me he was playing a money game uh, versus Mark O'Mara before the the '96 Masters, and uh, he shot a 59 and cost O'Mara a lot of money. But he said what the real story was is that they played nine holes again the next day, and he was five under at the turn, and then had a hole in one on 11, and O'Mara just drove the cart home and never said a word. He just he didn't want to see it anymore he was so dialed into this. This is a guy, anybody who's a golfer out there, imagine this. The 11th hole is like 185 or 187 yards over a little bit of water. He stands up there and hits it, watches his ball hit, turns to the guy from the course that's with a radio in his hand. He goes, Captain, he called him Captain just for whatever reason. He says, no way that's 185. That's every bit of 187 after he hit the ball. And that's how dialed in all those guys are to their clubs. I wanted to, just to let you know how much that meant to me to be there that day, it's one of the best sporting things I've ever covered because it was so unique. And I've been to World Series and I've been to Super Bowls and big races and lots of all-star games and stuff. But that was one of the most unique 48 hours I've ever spent covering anything. And I think it was like that for the guys that were a part of the force. Because I want to read you something that I found out of an obituary from Dale Lee. He was the 53-year-old that only lived another nine years until he was 63. But in his obituary, it says, Dale was a member of this and that and this church. He enjoyed bluegrass music, trips to the casinos in Las Vegas, and golf. One of the highlights of his life was getting to play with Tiger Woods.
0: Not many can say that, the regular people. I love that that predicted did that. I remember them contacting me. And I don't think it was Richard. I had a personal relationship with Richard. He's passed away now, but I remember it came up. And one of the challenges of being the boss and the owner is sometimes you keep the perks, but sometimes you pass them out. And then you've got to do it in a way where people don't say, Hey, that's not fair or something like that. But I just remember when the call came in for that, I thought, I think this has Pepper's name on it. And I hope there wasn't a lot of grumbling of, ah, what do you pick him for? But you were one of the guys I knew, really understood the game and would not embarrass our company at all and really enjoy it. And I don't know what other perks we had that were equivalent (laughs) that I could make it up to some of these other guys, but you, you really earned it in a lot of ways, Pepper. You brought some value to it too. So I don't know what street cred that gave us in Tiger's eyes, but it had to be a surreal experience.
1: Surreal is the perfect word, especially the first nine. And then it started to become normal after you are out there for a while. But it's like, really? Are we really doing this? He really showed up.
0: Yeah. I, Tiger is a phenomenon. Is a persona. In those days, he was a lot of what's good about golf. The guy that came up, worked hard, had a lot of discipline. And we have the advantage of looking back now. Our, our golf magazine just didn't have enough legs to keep going on that. But
1: I think we did six issues. Yeah, we did six issues and they were good issues. Mike Payne was part of that. Omar Mediano was part of that. Right. And me, it was pretty much a gang of three that kind of did that in our spare time, quote unquote, because we liked it. And and it gave us a chance to look at new photos of stuff instead of basketball and football and stuff. And it was really cool seeing the golf photos and getting new photographers in there. The one thing you didn't ask, Jim, is who won? I was thinking. To- well, he did, but it was all square after 15. No way. He- Yeah, and then he just went ahead and turned it on and made three straight birdies. He shot a 66, and the other guy shot a 67 together.
0: That's probably a pretty tough course. I haven't played it. It's very private, as you said.
1: Yeah, very exclusive, 7,200 yards. But like I said, 66, 67, very respectable, and everybody had a good time. And he said, man, if these guys want to tip back a few beers and have a good time, so be it. I'm just out here to hang out. And we should mention that Tiger Woods was upper deck spokesman as well during that time.
0: I mean, upper deck, they locked in Michael Jordan. They locked in LeBron James. They locked in Tiger Woods. They locked in Wayne Gretzky, and some of these guys are goats. If not, you're yeah. certainly in the consideration of.
1: They're the Nike of the sports cards in that respect of grabbing these guys, and it paid off in spades. I think, for the most part, I think gave the
0: athletes a little cachet as well. Not that they needed extra, but to be the the spokesperson. And Tiger hopefully can come back from his latest accident and get healthy. The golf world would love to see him out there as well but there'll never be another day there was (laughs) back in 2002 and at Islesworth and you were there and uh, four other lucky collectors I've always advocated for some of these experience Willy Wonka golden tickets in products because I think that's cool but as you pointed out there's a lot of moving parts behind the scene that Tiger has to be there plus his entourage plus the club plus the sponsors and the company and all that stuff I think uh we were invited just because we had that relationship with upper deck and golf, because that was a great honor. And again, Pepper, I, I love hearing the story. I'm not jealous at all, maybe tiny bit, but not enough to affect our friendship. So Pepper Hastings, thanks for bringing a lot to the job uh, for so many years uh, of us working together. I, I hope you have some greater highlight in your life that's above that as well, because that's a pretty outstanding sports highlight. But we've got a lot to be thankful for.
1: It's great being on the podcast again, Jim, and looking forward to coming on again sometime.
0: You bet. Thanks, Pepper, and have a great day.